The federal government's promised national freeze on the sale, purchase and transfer of handguns takes effect today. Part of Ottawa's plan to limit access to firearms to tamp down on a spike uh, in crime. Now, under the regulations, people can still own and use their existing registered handguns and sell or transfer handguns to exempted individuals or businesses. And now, requests to transfer a handgun submitted before today's date will still be prote- uh, processed, according to the government. Now, authorized businesses can continue to import and sell handguns to other eligible businesses, like museums and the movie industry, uh, law enforcement, defense personnel, and other exempted uh, individuals. Joining me now to talk about this freeze on buying and selling of handguns is Daniel Furter, owner of Caliber Magazine. Daniel, thank you for joining us today. No, thanks for having me on. So what are you hearing from gun owners today in regards to this new uh, national uh, freeze? Um, I think disappointment. Um, There's a third non-we about the whole thing. I think people have kind of... um, We all knew it was coming, obviously, but Mm -hmm. uh, I guess now the reality is here and every, you know, that's it. The the trade, the selling and everything is basically done. Um, I think it's, it's pretty sobering and I think it's probably only just starting to hit gun owners to be honest uh we're in, in as as this freeze continues a week from now a month from now a year from now what happens to shops who sell uh the industry you know the folks who actually uh you know use you know own guns for recreational purposes some on farms and that sort of thing what do you think happens um, well, handguns are very specifically only able to be used on gun ranges. Mm-hmm. So for all the people living in rural areas and whatnot that use guns daily, it's not going to be too much of an impact for them, this particular thing. But obviously, uh, where it's really going to hit hard is amongst uh, where we were seeing kind of the, the biggest growth amongst gun licensees is younger people that were taking part in the action shooting sports, okay, uh, which are sports like ITSD, International Practical Shooting Competition, and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> now that Obviously, use all of these action shooting sports require handguns um, for them, basically. So this terminates all that. Because um, while there was an exemption allowed for sports with handguns, the only sport that they're exempting, unfortunately, is uh, Olympic shooting. And even there, to be an Olympic-level shooter with the approval of the necessary high-performance committees um, in, in basically sport governance, uh, you'd have to be kind of good at it, right? And, and how do you get good if, can't get a gun without being on the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that will, will kind of end for businesses like my own and, and gun shops. Uh, this represents between 30 and 40 percent of the business, so it's going to be pretty crippling the industry. So for you, uh, does this mean uh, significantly reducing your business? Does that mean shutting it down? What, what kind of impact do you think? What do you, what do you think you're going to have to go through over the next few months? I don't know. I obviously hope I don't have to shut it down. We've been in business now for 10 years. Uh, the last three to four have been kind of harder because of all these regulations coming in eroding uh, what we had. I mean, for example, handguns are a great case of this magazine that we produce caters to Canadian gun owners who, like I said, can only use handguns on gun ranges. They're not allowed to be concealed carry and stuff. Part of the reason I started this magazine was because I couldn't read about what it was like to own a handgun from a Canadian perspective. All the American magazines are dominated by concealed carry and stuff we can't legally do. Um, But now that handguns are effectively locked in and no one can do anything with them what is there to say about them i can't review any no one can buy one um so it's it's i don't know what the future really holds and i I do think that there will be a lot of businesses that do do end up just closing down and quite a few that will obviously shrink some will try and pivot to find find new revenue streams but uh 
running a business. These are most of these businesses are very small. Um, some of them are maybe medium sized. A lot of them have been family owned for generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in Vancouver, you got Reliable Gun that's going on. I think about seventy years now of family ownership. Um, it's been really hard to run a small business these last couple of years. This all of this gun regulation is just heaped on top of the already existing COVID issues. It's going to get really hard for these guys. I don't know what they do. Now, uh, at the announcement today, Prime Minister Trudeau um, uh, was reading from a, from a list of t- uh, statistics, and he said that the number of handguns in Canada has increased roughly 70% since 2010, and the number of firearms-related homicides uh, has gone up some 40% since 2011, and handguns were the weapons most commonly used to carry out these crimes. He said that these regulations are designed to curb handgun-related homicides and reduce the number of domestic violence, suicide, and self-harm incidents. I'm going to, base based on what you've been saying, you don't think this will have any impact on, on some of those numbers that he's provided? Not of any kind of statistical significance, because the reality is that the ban, the transfer ban, is a ban on transfers between licensed individuals. And licensed gun owners are responsible for such an infinitesimally small amount of gun crime. I believe it's less than 2%. Um, so this ban only impacts the people that are responsible for the tiny, tiny minority of the existing crime. So I don't expect it. I mean, there was a shooting in Toronto two hours after the announcement. I don't, you know, criminals don't call the RCMP to get approval for their firearm transfer. It's not how it works in the criminal world. Hmm. Um, and to be honest, it kind of undercuts the entire foundation of the Canadian gun control system, which is that we control the people that can have firearms, and we have all of these systems in place to do so. But now with this government seems quite keen to add controls on the specific kinds of firearms, which kind of makes some of the other controls useless. Uh, is this per, uh, political performative theater for you in regards to this this particular bit of regulation? And if you're saying that illegal guns are the ones that are the problems, the criminals who bring in these guns, it's not the law-abiding individuals. This is, to you, this is just political theater? Yeah, I think so. I, I think... Um it was brought up, interestingly, on uh, David Hurley's podcast, obviously a political, mm-hmm. uh, very politically-minded fellow, and he brought up um, an interesting assessment that, you know, Canadians view the Liberal Party as being tough on guns, and they view the Conservatives as being tough on crime. Um, and it's a bit, there's, there's a certain degree of logical fallacy there where, you know, guns aren't a problem unless they're being involved in crime. No one would look at a hunter and go, well, that's a problem because they have a gun. It's crime with guns that is the problem. Um, and I think that kind of anachronistic split is what the Liberals are trying to really take advantage of. We know that Justin Trudeau was elected frequently on a very efficient uh, vote machine that relies on big turnout in the in the urban areas of Toronto and Vancouver, where gun announcements typically do very well, and Quebec and Montreal. Um, and when you look at where these announcements took place, there's three press conferences this morning in Vancouver, Toronto, and Quebec, Montreal. So that you know they're trying to hit literally their voter bases geographically. They're standing there and talking to them, uh, and it's hard to. You know, they're not going to the crime-ridden areas. These announcements aren't happening in areas where shootings are occurring. Uh, so you can kind of infer all that. Uh, not to mention, pretty much everyone doesn't expect this to work. Uh, yeah. well, you've got Commissioner Lucky herself, somewhat ironically, going back a couple of years saying, I don't think a handgun ban is the way to go. Well, we will keep uh, an eye on uh, how things transpire in the weeks ahead. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you again for having me on.